Hi, how you doing, folks? This is the Gospel of Kinnison, episode 145, brought to you the week of May 9th, 2021. I am your host. My name is James Kinnison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. Uh, special thanks to our patrons, especially Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like to support this program, you can do so at patreon.com slash GOK. Hi, how are you doing? I'm tired. I've been sleepy. Ever since I got my shot, my second shot, you know what kind of shot I'm talking about. I'm talking about the shot of um, the vaccine, and I've been unnaturally sleepy. I even took a nap today, and um, today is Mother's Day, and moms are supposed to take naps on Mother's Day, not dads, but anyway. Happy Mother's Day to everybody who's a mom, and um, happy Mother's Day to everyone who struggles uh, with their mother. <laughs> I, I didn't call my mom today. Um, no, I don't, I don't typically do that. So it's, uh, it's a complex relationship that we have. Um, mostly dependent on toleration, you know, of her antics and behavior. I know I talk about her a lot on uh, the shows about the funny things that she's done or the ridiculous things that she's done, but she's a hard person and uh, she's elderly now and very much stuck in her ways and she, um, she doesn't call and I don't call. She texts me once in a while through messenger with some meme that she found on Facebook and I reply, ha ha or LOL or that's right. And that's pretty much all we have. And it's more than we used to have because I didn't talk to her for a very long time at all. And, um, it was a combination of things. One is I used to really desire her approval quite a bit and uh it wasn't available and i really thought i would get it when jenna was born i thought this would change her into grandma and she would be you know happy but instead grandma seemed to make her feel old and uh wrinkly and she wasn't very uh happy about it and didn't want to come visit the baby. And uh, the only reason I think I think the, the tipping point that made her come and visit was, you know, uh, you, you need to be in the pictures. And uh, so I uh, I was I was really upset about that. And then my sister adopted a child. And my mother commented that she didn't know if she'd be able to love the adopted child. And I'm like, you don't even love your own. And I was pretty much done with her. And I didn't speak to her for quite a while. Like I said, five plus years. And um, though I have softened and have accepted her as she is, um, I don't go out of my way to uh, 
how do I say this? Um, to receive from her, you know? Um, there are some people you get around and you're glad to be around them, right? Because they, they breathe life into you. And then there are people that are just neutral. You know, they're coworkers and such, and you see them every day, and they bring nothing to your life and take nothing. And that's fine. Now, I think that's most people fall in that category. And then there's people that, that drain you. And, and even worse than drain you, drain you is almost like an accidental thing. Like it's just draining to be around them. But then there's people that not only drain you, but add things to the tank that's being drained that don't belong there. Like extra stress and crap like that. And, and unfortunately that's where my mom lies for me. So, um, if you have a weird relationship with your mom, don't feel alone. <laughs> um, how do I get over it? How do I deal with it? Um, well, I've completely shut her off in my heart. Um, it's just something I had to do. I had to quit caring. Not about her, but about what she thought. And there is no part of my life that requires input from her. And that wasn't, like I said, always the case. There was a time where I really wanted her approval. She was my only parent, after all. Uh, single, you know, single mom. So... And it took quite a while to get there, but I have been happier ever since. I use my emotional energy for my family, family, my close family, my children and my wife, stuff like that. And, um, like I said, I just kind of keep her at arm's length. Um, it just came down to realizing that I was wanting something that could never be because parents, even when you're older, you know, we, us kids, as we grow, I'm 47. I know in, let me just finish my thought. Parents are supposed to provide for you. I think your entire life. And obviously I don't mean financially, but emotionally and spiritually and any other, any other way that you could think of. I think parents are meant to be there for the advice, for the questions, for the, how do I do this whole adult thing? I didn't have that. But my kids will. And that's where that thought came from. I didn't have that thought five, six years ago. I have had it recently. Because as my daughter grows, and she's 16 now, and she is uh, maturing at a, an advanced rate and, and is um, going out and having a life you know, of her own and 
you know, but she still every now and then needs me and needs us as much as she would like to say that she doesn't, you know, at that age, the way they are. But when the car does something weird, she needs me when the, the Wi-Fi is down or something like that, you know, she needs me when she has a question about the way things are going to be after high school. She needs us. And as much as I joke about wanting to be rid of my kids and getting them out of the house and all that kind of stuff, um, it's only because I want to see them grow. I want to see them thrive and I want to live vicariously through them. I want to claim their victories and their um, achievements as partially my own and not in a weird dangerous way uh just in a way that say you know what i had a hand in that and that's the thing even the most selfish parent in the world would seem like they would want that for themselves because secretly it is kind of a selfish thing isn't it i mean just it's about me and how it's going to make me feel it's also about it's mostly about them though, because I know that they are going to accomplish great things, both of my kids. Uh, so, I don't know. The loss, I realized, was not on my side. The loss was was on my mother's side. She, she missed out. Because the kids have a great-grandmother on my mom's side, on my wife's side. She sends them care packages and remembers their birthdays and Christmas and Valentine's Day and all these different events that she sends them things to do and crafts and, you know, stuff like that. And they just love it. They eat it up. And they love it when she comes to visit. My mom does none of those things. And again, rather than missing that, you can't miss something that can never exist because the person that you're missing it from would have to be a completely different person for you to get it. And that's impossible. You can mourn that it's not going to ever happen, but you can't miss it because you miss something that you once had and then it went away. I never had approval. That's why in adulthood I tried to, to get it. Now I don't need it. Don't want it. Wouldn't know what to do with it if I had it. Would probably be repulsed by it. Meanwhile, my children have an amazing mother. She's different than most moms. She's not a big home decorator, even though everything that's in the house she picked out. She's not a big baker, you know, and uh, making breakfasts and stuff like that. And she didn't love 
being at home with the kids like some women do, even though she did it. But see, to me, that's what makes her a super mom is maybe she wasn't perfectly cut out for it, but she's done it and she's been victorious and she's been great at it every step. She gave up eight years of her career to stay home with our children. And I think the benefits are so obvious when I, when I see our children. Um, and nothing against people that have to put their kids in childcare. I'm just saying we were capable and able and we did it. It was a choice we made and she, she didn't hate it, but she didn't love it. You know, it was work. It was a hard job for her. And some people just love it. You know, some moms are just, oh, they're super moms, but that's why she gets so much credit because it wasn't easy for her, but she did such a great job at it. I guarantee you, Jenna especially would be a raving butt if my wife hadn't been there to help to shape her personality as she was growing. And now she's a very successful, uh, talking about my wife, very successful working uh, woman. She supports us financially. She has gone through so much. Um, like I've said, the only person that's suffered more than me in, in my depression was her. She held it together. She got through it. She's the savior of our family. And um, she's not a traditional mom. But my kids rely on her so much. And she is definitely the favorite. <laughs> Dad is optional. <laughs> Dads are always optional. And I think that's part of our goal. Uh, part of our function, though, is because moms make you who you are. They do. They shape you. They create literally create you. But dads make you okay with who you are. That's their job because they're the first optional person in your life um, that didn't have to love you, doesn't have to take care of you, but does doesn't have to approve of you, but should uh, doesn't have to stick around, but will. And I have never known um, what that's like until I got a chance to do it for my kids. And even with my shortcomings and, there's so many, they still love me and look up to me and they think I'm cheesy. They don't think I'm cool, um, but they still need me. But nothing, nothing like their mom. And I think it's awesome. So to the point, I, I'm not jealous but I'm glad to be a part of it, you know, because me and my wife are a team. And I'm, I'm definitely on a winning team. So hats off to moms. 
the moms that do it right, the moms that want to do it right, the moms that are trying as hard as they can. Um, and to those who struggle on Mother's Day because your mother's passed or you didn't have a great relationship or don't have a great relationship. It's okay. It's just a day. It's just a dumb day on a calendar. Like Valentine's Day or Christmas Day or your birthday. It's just a day. Somebody made it up to sell flowers and to honor, you know, moms. It's just a day. You live with the reality of the cards you were dealt every single day. But these days come along like Father's Day, Valentine's Day. And they point out the hand you were dealt just a little bit more. They shine a light on it. And that can be hard. It can be difficult. It makes you think about it more than usual because we're pretty good at hiding and hiding our thoughts, putting them away. But the trick to overcoming those negative thoughts is focusing on the positives because you get two chances to have a family. One of them you had no control over. You were born into it. But the other chance is the one that you have as an adult. You choose your partner. You choose what kind of spouse you're going to be. You choose what kind of parent you're going to be. Because I remember people used to say, you're going to be a great dad one day. And I was like, I hope so. And I changed that. I started saying, I know. And it would shock people because it almost seemed prideful. But I was like, no, I've decided to be one. It's not going to happen by accident. I'm going to be a good dad. Am I the best? No. Um, I I am a a really good dad, though. (laughs) I got to say. Because I didn't have one and I would be thrilled with me (laughs) if if I was my own dad. I'd be so rad. So um, I'm not a great husband, but (laughs) I'm a a pretty good dad. So Uh, change of subject. I have been um, doing rather well lately. As far as mood goes, you guys know I've been on a medication for quite a while that has um, upped my mood. Unfortunately, it has left me with no energy to speak of. Uh, I saw my new doctor. I think I reported on that last podcast, and she gave me a prescription for a updose in my current medicine, my miracle medicine, I call it. So I'm taking more of it. And it's expensive, as, as my son used to say, it's expensive medicine um, without insurance. Well, with insurance, it's like 150 bucks. Without insurance, it's like $650. It's crazy. I dropped a pill and it rolled under the fridge today. And I don't know. I just did quick math in my head. And I'm like, there's $30 rolling under the daggum nasty underneath the nasty part. The fridge isn't nasty. The Underneath the fridge is nasty. <laughs> And uh, I never did retrieve it. And I'm kind of glad because I would have probably washed it off and taken it just because of the money. 
but I've only been on it for a couple of weeks. And it's too early to tell, but it does seem to have had an effect to the point that um, things do not seem impossible to do. I'm waking up earlier. Uh, I'm getting tired at the right time of the day in the evenings. Uh, I'm sleeping better, falling asleep faster. So, so normality is, is coming, but what it's done is it has brought my, my other issue to the forefront. Kind of like if you're being poked by, I don't know. I don't know what would be a good example. If you were being burned by a match and then poked by a needle, you might feel the burn. But then when the burn goes away, you would still feel the needle. So I, I feel the needle now and the needle is anxiety. And um, the biggest place this is showing up is in plans uh, for the future of our little church called Novation and the Melvin Outreach Program. Uh, many of you will recall that right before COVID, we were doing something I was pretty excited about called Novation Kids. And we did three of them and then, no, then COVID hit and we shut it down. Well, David's wanting to start things back up. And I, I don't know if I can do it. I want to be predictable. I want to be consistent. I want to be reliable. And I don't want to let anybody down. And I, I don't know if I can do it. So I, part of it is waiting on medicine. Another part is finding out how much work it's going to be and kind of getting it all in my head. Because what we're going to do differently is instead of what we did before, where we would meet in a group and then subdivide into small groups and rotate through classes, um, that's not COVID friendly, you know? Uh, so we're going to just do a big old school mass group everything's on one stage kind of children's church uh, thing. And that means we set the seats, you know, three feet apart, which is the new standard. And, you know, they, everybody's wearing masks and, um, you know, the, the kids don't interact with each other much. It's mostly interaction between the stage and, and the, and the kids on the stage. And, and dude, that's been my bread and butter for years. I mean, that's what I did. I did children's ministry like that for years. So, I, I know I can do it. It's just, I don't know if I can do it in my current state. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much because I want to, I want to do it. I want to do it. And he and I, David and I went out to lunch the other day, this great little place. It's called have a cow. And it's like an urban, um, cracker barrel. It's weird because they have products they sell along the wall and stuff, but they have a full bar and, and, um, they make cinnamon rolls and, uh, they have salads and, you know, hamburgers and, you know, they, they raise their own beef. And so the guy that owns it owns a cattle company and it. So it's called have a cow cattle company. And it was really good, but we were sitting there talking and everything was fine. And I was having a particularly bright and shiny day. So I was kind of out out of my shell a little bit. Sometimes we go out and I don't hardly say anything, but I was talking and stuff. But then 
he pulled out the calendar and started wanting to talk about dates and times. And we still hadn't had the conversation of, are you capable of doing this? And then I just locked up and I just stared at the table and I was so embarrassed and so wanting to just crawl away like a tiny speck because I, I, I want to be able to do it, but I, I can't right now. And, um, he was gracious. And, um, I think maybe started to understand because he saw the drastic change in me. Cause I, I wonder sometimes if people don't think I'm just trying to be lazy and it's not that. I mean, I don't like taking the trash out. I, I don't like cleaning toilets. I don't like doing stuff like that. So there is a lazy bone in my body. I will admit to it. But when it comes to, to work, I, I will do it. And I've proven it. And, you know, I think he saw that drastic change in my demeanor and, and maybe, uh, really was able to understand, you know, that this thing's real. I, I sometimes wonder if he forgets or just doesn't know or doesn't really understand. But, um, he apologized later through a text. He says, I'm sorry. I should have, instead of pulling out the calendar, I should have said, how do you feel about this, this, and this? And I, I wrote him back and I'm like, dude, there's really no way that, you know, take the blame off yourself because I knew it was coming and I've been feeling the stress of it for a while. There was really no proper way to broach the subject. It was always going to be that reaction because I want to be able to say yes and I have to say, I don't know. I have to say no right now because I don't know. Because I can't be sure. What I was capable of a, a year ago, I'm, I'm not in a place where I'm capable right now. And it's not fun. But you know what is fun? is streaming. I've been streaming lately. And you talk about taking inactive hours of the day and turning them into something that is uh, rewarding. Uh, for those of you that don't know what streaming is, I play Minecraft and I get online and I live stream that and people can watch me play the game and, and there's a chat room and we interact. There's people that listen to this show that are some of my best uh, viewers and chatters. And, uh, so thanks. Thanks, Carrie. Appreciate you. And, um, I, uh, I'm having a blast doing it, you know, but it doesn't take a lot of energy. <laughs> so, and it, it, there's not a lot of, uh, of preparation involved. There's more than you would think though. Because you can't just, you can, you can just get on and play a game, but I want to have something for people to experience. So I set up projects 
And I kind of think of it like the podcast. The podcast has stories and there's a certain amount of stories and there's a certain amount of segments and things like that. And so I carry what I know from that into the streaming world and the streaming world dictates that I have to have a project to be working on. Nobody wants to see me collecting materials for the project. Um, and, and if you don't know about Minecraft, it is uh, a building, primarily a survival building. Uh, it's mining and crafting. I mean, that's the name of it. Uh, you build things, and uh, I'm building a small homestead-type area. It's a house, and it has grown to a barn, and then a horse stable, and then a, a grain bin, and two silos, and some weird contraption that I found online because I look for agricultural buildings, and I try to recreate them in the game. And, you know, I've gone and fought the Ender Dragon, and I've beaten the, the end of the game and all that, and, and I'm still still doing things. Um, but I plan them out and, and I go ahead and collect the materials in advance and, you know, all that. And so people can come and watch and they don't have to be too bored. Um, and I'm also streaming on Tuesdays on YouTube and, and that's a t completely different world, but it's the same game. Um, but I'm playing and telling stories at the same time. And it's got a whole different audience really. And, uh, it's a whole different thing. And I don't know which I like more, to be honest, because I stream more during the week on twitch.tv slash NLCast. You can look for my schedule if you're interested in joining me. Uh, most of the people that log on and watch aren't even gamers um, or they don't play Minecraft. They just like hanging out. And that blesses me so much. And uh, that's what one of the guys said the other day is, is he, uh, he, he finds it relaxing. And, and he it just feels like he gets to hang out with a friend. And that's the way I feel too, because, you know, I've been at, I've been in St. Louis for uh, six years now and we have the church and outside the church, I don't have any friends. And, um, there's you guys, you know, you're my people. And I appreciate y'all so much because you let me know that even though I'm not in a place to go out and make friends right now that I'm still capable, that I'm still attractive, uh, personality wise, you know, uh, it would real it, without the podcasts and the streaming, it would be very easy for me to fall into the depths of depression, believing that I had nothing to offer anybody, but you guys prove that wrong every day. I can't go, but so far down that road before I say, but I got all these people that think what I say is interesting and like to be around me. So there's something there. It's gotta be, I got something, you know, something of the old me is still around. So streaming means a lot to me. Um, it's, it's humbling because it's like starting over. I've often wondered about doing it with podcasting. Like if I started a show, um, a podcast today and never associated it with any of my other works, would I be able to build an audience? First of all, it would be a 10 year exp experiment, you know, obviously, cause I'd have to invest the same amount of time, but would I be able to do it again? And streaming is giving me the opportunity to find that out. Sometimes I'm only streaming to two people and every stream starts with zero. 
which is a little sad. <laughs> you know, when we do the podcast, um, we get people in there in advance. When we live stream the podcast on Discord, there's always like five, six people in there before we even start. But when you stream, when you first hit that stream button, there's nobody there. There's nothing to see, you know? It's always zero. And, you know, it's gone up to eight. It's gone up to 15. And you look at other streamers and they've got 40, 50, 70, 150, you know, 11,000 for some of the big name guys. And um, it's humbling. Uh, but I'm still too early in it to be down on myself for the numbers, you know, I, I cause I'm having too much fun with just a few folks that do chime in and come in and hang out. Um, it's too, too much fun. And that's, that's what I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it to try to recreate nobody's listening or that story show. I'm not doing it to make money. Um, if that happens, it'll be because we create a community and the community wants to give back. And that's the way it's always been around here. It's never been, um, it's never been any other way, but organic. I've never manipulated anything. It's just been, we've attracted people, people like what we do and they want to be a part of it. And some of them want to be a part of it financially. And we've made that available. And that's organic and that's real. And I like that. And if it works out that way over there in the stream world, fine. If it doesn't, that's even fine too. I, 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 will, I will keep on going because I love interacting with people. So if you ever get a chance, here's, here's, the, here's the information. Uh, Tuesdays at 4 Central. I'm at uh, youtube.com slash NLCast. And I'm streaming for about an hour. And then throughout the week, um, you can see my schedule on Twitch, twitch.tv slash NLCast. And you can follow me on Twitter because I've been posting when I go live there as well. Twitter.com slash NLCast. Uh, I've been posting to Instagram, Instagram.com slash NLCast. And uh, there's always the Facebook group. Facebook, just look up. Nobody's listening community and you'll find us and that story shows there and also in cast live streams is a page that you can look up and i will be posting there too so there's plenty of ways for you to stay connected if this is something that you think you'd be interested in so i don't know i don't know um tv and movies i haven't watched that much tv i watched uh something on netflix it was called uh, Shadow and Bone, I think. I watched just the first episode of it. And yeah, Shadow and Bone. And it and it looks good. It's very well produced. Like, like they put a lot of money into it. And the character development looks really good. There's lots of interesting characters. They're all seem a little young to me, but I'm maybe that's just me being getting old. Um, I might give it another shot, but I don't like fantasy as a rule, unless it's Lord of the Rings, stuff like that, you know, uh, or Tolkien, the Hobbit, 
you know, but I, I'm just generally am not a fantasy guy. I'm a sci-fi guy. I like, I like, uh, uh, you know, cyberpunk type stuff. Um, you know, uh, time travel, you know, anything like that. But, but shadow on the bone is something I saw. And then I saw Michael B. Jordan's movie, um, without remorse, which was really good. It's rated R, uh, but it's, it's for violence and, um, and it's military. It's a Tom Clancy film It's really well done. And Michael B. Jordan was a great villain in black Panther. I love the way the man walks. He, he looks like he's just cutting through the air with his shoulders. He is, he is a man's man. He is amazing. Uh, also saw a movie called the Mitchells, uh, versus the machines. It's on Netflix. All these so far have been on Netflix. It's an animated movie and it's uh, a Sony animated movie. So that means it's by the same folks that made Spider-Man into the spider verse. And if you haven't seen that, by the way, you need to see that immediately. Uh, cause it's a great flick. It's very creative, not just the story, but the way they tell the story visually is so amazing. But um, back to the movie, The Mitchells versus The Machines, it's just a good story. It's animated well. The characters are great. The visuals are stunning. It is funny. There's laugh out loud moments through the whole thing. And uh, it was great. My son, when we got done watching it, he looked at me and said, that is the best animated movie I've ever seen. And he's seen uh, Little Mermaid. So, and, you know, to me, Little Mermaid is the best animated movie ever made. But we could argue about that some other time. So that's what I've seen, you know, on TV lately. Like I said, I haven't been watching a lot of TV. Just kind of thinking about streams and, 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 and how, to, how to develop that and make it into something better. Um, but what I will be doing is uh, I'm going to sit down this week. And I'm going to look for curriculum uh, for the, the, the relaunch of Novation Kids. And I'm going to try to find something that's very multimedia-based, that, that has a lot of uh, pre-made videos to it. Because I used to use a curriculum that had a lot of videos, and um, I didn't use a lot of them, but I think that they would work really well, especially since we're in a theater and uh, especially since we're short on stage people, it would, cause at first it would be mostly me being up there leading everything. And, um, and so videos allow you to bring in uh, characters and locations that you just can't get, you know, just being a guy with a microphone. So I want something like that. Um, and uh, I want to get it all in my head about what 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 is a weekly prep time look like? How much is it gonna take? Because I think I could put on this show. You know, even when I was bad off, like really, really bad off, in my worst time, I could get up, even though I would scream and cry through the shower, and cry all the way to church. By the time I got there, I could do the show. I could put on the show. I could do the event. I'd be a mess before and after, but I could do it. So I feel like I can do it. It's just the prep. It's getting ready for it. And for me, prep is everything. Um, I mean, you heard me talking about prep to do with streams, with playing a stupid video game. I prep a podcast uh, for, for, 
at least two hours a week. Um, and, and so, you know, a 45 minute to a, to an hour segment of a children's service takes a lot of prep. You, you wouldn't think so, but there's stories to tell. There's, there's examples to illustrate. So there's object lessons and Bible stories to memorize. And there's graphics that need to be created for illustrations and stuff. There's videos that need to be collected. There's, um, songs that need to be led and picked out and videos made for with lyrics and motions that go along with them. And there's games. Um, and I like my games to have the theme that go with the lesson so that the games reaffirm and they're not just, uh, games for game's sake. And, uh, so I hold myself to a high standard and, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, um, I got to make sure I can do it. So that's what I'm going to be doing this week is getting all of that stuff into my head and, and sitting with it and saying, can I, can I do all that? And, and it, and it probably means putting together a sample service and, and possibly hopefully being able to get some free sample, uh, content, uh, from a curriculum. Usually curriculums come with a free lesson that you can download and, and look at, but that's why I want some curriculum that has some stuff already in it. Cause if I don't have to go hunting down example videos, if I don't have to create a character from scratch that, you know, comes out and, and argues or whatever, uh, it would be great. It would be great. I don't know how, um, familiar you are with children's ministry, but there's different ways to do it. And, and my way is to take it, as seriously as possible. And because I, I believe that, that um, children are so important and I believe that their little hearts and minds are precious and people that get to pour into a child's life are, should be held to the highest standard because kids will believe whatever you tell them. And I stand up there knowing that I could have an altar call for the Easter bunny to ask the Easter bunny into your heart. And most of the kids would come down and, and let the Easter bunny into their heart. And I know that. And what that means for me is that I can't jack with their hearts. I have to tell the truth. I have to make sure it's clear. I have to make sure that it's on their level and I have to make sure it's real, especially since these kids live in the inner city, they're going to know the difference. They just do. They know the difference between bull crap. And what's real because they go home and they, and they see things and they experience things that suburban kids just don't. And, and, and I just said that and I, I have to take it back because suburban kids deal with a buttload of stuff too. I, I learned that when I worked in Florida, it's just different. It's completely different. Their lives aren't so much in danger. It's just their souls are though. And the way they are catered to, but and the, the family problems that they have, and and all, it's just it's just different. It's just different. And you don't you don't you don't measure somebody's trauma by how good of a story it makes. I realized a while back, you base it on the effect that it had on that person's life. And so, some white bread kid from the Midwest may not have a great story that the inner city kid does 
that involves guns and gangs and drugs and all this, but you know, his, his struggle is, is real to him. So, um, all that to say that, uh, things are, are generally very good, but there are, um, struggles with getting better, you know, cause I'm running the risk of, of, you know, going into a normal kind of existence and it's scary. Um, I hope I can do it at this point. I just, I honestly don't know. I, I, I'm optimistic. I feel like that something good will come of it all, but I still need to, I need to handhold myself through the process and get myself there. Um, in my own way. And, and it, and it really is about finding out how much work is this going to be? Can I consistently do this? Cause I even said on stream that I need to get a schedule down and I need to limit how much I stream. Cause man, you want to stream all the time. Um, I said, because all it takes is one bad depression day. And all of a sudden my streaming schedule becomes, uh, a big source of anxiety and stress because all it takes is just one bad day where I don't feel like doing it, where I can't be funny, where I can't be sociable, where I can't be kind or can't be smiley. And suddenly that schedule turns into the devil and it's staring at me and saying, you can't do this. You can't even play a freaking video game. And that'll eat your lunch. So anyway, I want to thank you again uh, for listening. Thanks for paying attention, hearing my words. Hope I don't know how how you guys get anything out of my stuff, but those of you that do, I'm I'm grateful for you. Um, you can email me anytime, uh, James at nlcast.com. Uh, special thanks to our patrons. Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt, especially. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, you can do so. Patreon.com slash GOK. And that would make my day. But an email would do the same. So um, feedback is always welcome. Um, I'm just not real big on advice. I like hearing your stories and, and your stuff, but um, you don't have to try to cheer me up or tell me how to get out of my hole. Because... Uh, I'm capable. I'm, 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 you know, I'm okay. So, and, and, and sometimes advice comes off as, uh, well, I'll just say this. Somebody on Facebook, I, I posted something that I thought was so harmless. I just said, I hope you're happy today. And, um, somebody misread it. And uh, heard it as a snarky comment. And he and I chatted back and forth a little bit. And that, that wasn't even the issue I'm talking about. Uh, because I ended up, you know, really relating to the guy. Because he's a uh, he's a pastor and he's just struggling, you know. And I'm a pastor and I struggle. Uh, but then somebody got in and just said, happiness is a choice. We choose each and every day to be happy or depressed or whatever. You people are all winners, champions, and overcomers. Start acting like it. And that's advice. 
and it comes off as very high and mighty. And I just simply replied, happiness is not a choice for everyone. Depression makes it absolutely impossible to be happy and takes the choice from you. You don't have to understand it. I didn't until it came on me, but eight years now, and I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Just a simple response. But his advice is his opinion, and it's based on his knowledge because he hasn't been there. And that's kind of how I responded to him. I didn't say you're stupid. I didn't say you don't know what you're talking about. I just said, you know, I, I felt that once too. I once believed that too. But now I see that there is chemical imbalances. And when your brain literally doesn't make the chemical that makes it possible for you to be happy, you cannot be happy. It's not a choice. So anyway, all that to say, <laughs> I, I love your responses and reactions. I love your feedback, but I don't, I don't need uh, happiness is a choice advice. Um, or, you know, telling me that med taking medication is uh, lack of faith in God's sovereignty and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but you guys are better than that. I know that. But there's always somebody, you know, new listeners all the time. And they just don't know us. They don't know how we do, how we, how we talk and how we carry ourselves around here. So, anyway, thanks for listening. And, um, you know, I... I I'm glad I did a show. <laughs> I, I did it. Yay. I'll see you guys next week, hopefully. And I hope you have a great week. And I hope you have a great Mother's Day, moms. You, you, you deserve it. Peace.